is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I don't know, but I've, def- I, I've, def- I've definitely heard some people talking about uh, talking like that. Um, it's, be- it's been a, it's been a wonderful celebration, wonderful bank holiday weekend. Um, if you've had a street party, hands up. Oh, very good. Um, if if you, I wonder, maybe at your street party, did, did you have the national anthem? Or maybe you had the national anthem um, uh, happen out on the, on the concert. There was a concert last night, Buckingham Palace, and they, they had the national anthem there. And as, just as, as we've been praying for the Queen, um, I, there's something wonderful about our national anthem that, I, that kind of dawned on me a little while ago. Um, and... A little, well, I had the privilege of being at a, um, a, a big sporting occasion, Wembley Stadium. So it's like 80, 84,000 people there. I was, I was perhaps not watching what you'd expect someone to be watching at Wembley Stadium. I was watching an American football game. Okay, stick with me on this. I, I know, I know this, this is the Platinum Jubilee, and we're talking about all things great British, but I, I, I sort of had a dawning of what our national anthem was in this, in this occasion. Right? So I was watching this American football game between uh, New England Patriots and the St. Louis Rams. And what they, what they do at the beginning of any um, game uh, in America is they sing the national anthem and, and look toward the flag. And their anthem is called the Star Spangled Banner. And it's basically a, a celebration of the flag um, and a story of victory, how that nation was birthed out of war, um, and, and they stand tall and proud for, for that anthem. Um, in, in many ways, I think probably similar to that, that the French also have an anthem that, that is basically how the country was born out of revolution. And, and, so, and the entire nation kind of s- sing this kind of like history lesson of of what it's like. What I was kind of surprised to see, because um, I, love, I love the sound of the, the, the American national anthem, right? the USA national anthem. And, and I was like, I knew the words, and I was ready to sing it. And, um, and I was really surprised. All the Americans that had traveled over for the game weren't singing the anthem. I was like, what's, what's going on here? I, did, I didn't really understand it. Like there was a kind of reverence to the person who was singing it, but not a joining it. I was like, "This is your, what's what's going on? This is your anthem." And then came the British anthem, and it felt like every every one of the eighty-four thousand people in the in the stadium sang that at the top of their voice. 
God save our gracious queen. Really loud, really meaning it. The players afterwards, I heard interviews with the players, they said, y'all know how to sing an anthem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, 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 thought it was, they thought it was amazing. Now, I, what kind of dawned on me in, in the, then and in the subsequent years, actually, because the, there started to be, within uh, at the beginning of American football games, started to be a bit of a controversy where the, the, the moment of the kind of reverence and, and pride and, and standing up for your flag, the, there was a, a, a key player, the, like the team captain of the San Francisco 49ers, the guy who would throw the ball, the quarterback, his name's Colin Kaepernick, and he, he, start, he wanted to make a, a peaceful protest about what was going on in the way that uh, uh, some police were treating some members of the, the black community, some people of color. And, and, and so what he decided to do, and you, you may have seen, this has become quite popular now, um, in, in more of an accepted way. People have realized what's, what's going on, but, but at the time this was massively controversial. He started to kneel during the national anthem. And... And actually, it caused so much controversy, he lost his job. One of the best players in the sport, he lost his job for this. And what he was, what he was trying to do was go, I love my country, and I want to be peaceful, but I want my country to love, what's, uh, to love black people better. Okay? What, what, what he was basically saying is that there are injustices happening in the way that our society is made. That I... I want to change, and I want, I want to use my platform for everyone to see this. And it caused this huge controversy, which led to him losing his job. And, I, and what struck me in that moment, I was like, I don't, understand, I don't really understand what, what the problem is here with, with how he's doing it. But, and and I, I realized at this point, hang on a minute, our national anthem is a prayer. Our national anthem is not going, uh, isn't our country huge, look at this victory we've got, but is going, that looks like a really hard job for the Queen to do. Um, and I'm not sure she can do it on her own. So, so God, would you help her, please? And so, and so when... 84,000 people in Wembley Stadium sing that. Like, what stroke of genius. We don't know who wrote God Save the Queen, okay? But, but um, what a stroke of genius for that person going, do you know what? When Wembley Stadium's full, Wembley Stadium didn't exist in the 1700s when it was written, but, like, but when Wembley Stadium's full, and, and there were thousands, tens of thousands of people singing it, they're going to be praying for the queen. Even if not all of them believe it, some of them will be believing it. And all of those prayers will be, will be going to, to save the queen. Now, save might mean there's a kind of a peril. Like Actually, what save in this instance really means maintain, keep, keep her going. Wow, has he kept her going. Um, but there's this idea, uh, we get this word prayer from, an idea, from, from the word precarious. Yeah, from, from the idea that that looks a bit 
dodge. That looks a bit hard. I'm not sure I can do all of that. Lord, would, would you help? And there's a kind of balance in him and a, a begging for favor. And please, would, this might go wrong. This, would you please? Because that looks very difficult. I think her majesty's going to need some help. In fact, she, she prayed for help on the day that she was crowned. Um, what, a, what a stroke of genius to, to bring in the prayers of many into our national anthem. What I want to talk to us about this morning is the prayers of many. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll start with a, a verse. If, if you want to turn to... Um, Turn in your Bibles to uh, 2 Corinthians. Um, no, no, hang on, no, let's not turn to 2 Corinthians just yet. Gra- Graham made the point earlier as he was praying. It was like that, that Paul says to Timothy, um, he says, um, first of all, then, I urge that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all people. I think this is very important that, that we just talk about this on Pentecost Sunday, actually. That, that as, we, as we celebrate a moment of the, the kingdom of God going from, from one group of people, Holy Spirit coming down, giving the gift of languages, that, that the words would not just remain to one culture, to one people, but that everyone, that the tens of thousands, maybe even over 100,000 people that were gathered for, for Pentecost in the, basically the first harvest festival in, um, in Jerusalem, 50 days after Easter, 50 days after Passover, they, they were all there gathered and they were, what they heard was the good news of Jesus Christ in their own language. Because there wasn't any longer for just the Jewish people. But Jesus said, this is going out to all, all nations. This is going out to all peoples. And so, so actually, this, this is really important. When we do see injustice, when we do see some peoples um, and some races being actually marginalized by the way that society works or by attitudes that we have in our own heart, that's not Jesus' way. His entire way was saying, all people will be welcomed in. All people will be welcomed in to my family. Because this verse here, uh, from, from Timothy that says, I want you to pray for uh, kings and everyone in high position, starts off with, I want you to pray for all people. All people. I want you to pray for all people, definitely the kings, definitely the queens, definitely the, the leaders, the politicians. Wow, we need to pray for politicians. Imagine thinking you can lead a country in your own strength. You know what? Boris Johnson needs our prayers. Vladimir Zelensky needs our prayers. Vladimir Putin needs our prayer. Pray for our leaders. That we may live a quiet life, a peaceful life, 
This is, from one, this is from 1 Timothy 2. That we may live a quiet, peaceful life so that we can get on with telling people the good news about Jesus to all people. Yeah. This, this, you see the logic. Pray for all people. Pray for leaders so we can have a quiet life so we can tell all people about the good news of Jesus Christ. This is good news and this is the entire purpose of, of, of Holy Spirit enabling the gift, the gift of languages, the gift of tongues on Pentecost to go out to all people, not just, no longer just one race. It's going out to the ends of the earth. And in going out to the ends of the earth, now I'll come to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 1. Um, I'm going to read from uh, the English Standard Version here. Um, uh, and it's, it says this. For, so Paul's writing to a church in Corinth here. Paul has been commissioned. He's, been, he's got this mission of setting up church, setting up churches all around the place, going, taking this from, from Pentecost, taking it out to the ends of the world, ends of the earth. This is, and, and he says this. For we don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. Family, we want, you to, we, we want you to know what's going on for us. Of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we'd received a sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Here's the thing. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. You must also help us by prayer. I don't know if you've, you've heard people um, talking about maybe Christian charities or, or sending out missionaries or things like that, and, and they, they tell the story, this is what God's calling us to, and, and then they say, and this is what you can do to help. First, you can help us by prayer. Let me tell you this. This bit is not there to make you feel better just in case you're not going to give them money to go with it, all right? Yeah? This, this, like when they say, oh, and you can also give financially, okay? The, the bit about, you must help us by prayer. Paul says it. Like, we're about to die here. We're dying out here. You must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks of what God's granting to us because of the prayers of many. It, it sounds like there's, there's something that Paul's saying here that is only going to be released if, if you lot get on it. Yeah? Like, we're, we're stuck. This thing isn't going to happen unless you lot get involved. Please, you must help us by prayer. I'm trying to build this church. I'm trying to set this church up. You must help us by prayer. There's something powerful about being together. Being together, journeying 
together as a family, that, enc- that encouragement that there is. But look, I'm not going to pretend to stand up here and know everything there is to know about prayer. It is a mystery to me. Praying is a mystery. I, I, I'm welcomed into God's family and then asked to partner with him in, in calling him down, calling his will down to, to the earth, to build his kingdom, to redeem the earth. This, this blows my mind. Like, why would he ask me to partner with that? Why would he ask us to, to partner with this? I don't understand. But what Paul is clearly talking about here is that there is something about the prayer of many people going on at the same time. Now, Jesus also talks about prayer being quite a, a private thing as well. Okay, so don't what what he what he's getting at when in Matthew six where he talks about when you pray, go into your room, shut the door. Like he's talking about it in the context of don't pray like like our society. Back then there was a society that thought that standing on a street corner, praying in your religious robes and your with your religious knowledge was a very cool thing. Okay. Listen, the reason I often don't pray out loud on street corners is not because Jesus said, pray in your room, Tim. It's mainly because we don't live in a society that goes, ah, you're praying out big prayers on a street corner. Respect. Like, no, they would just think it's weird, okay? They would just, they would just, they would just think it's odd. Now, listen, if you're called to pray out on a street corner, go. Go do it, okay? But... But Jesus said, said of those people, look, if you're just doing it for looks, if you're just doing it for what people are going to think of you, you've got your rewards in full. Okay? God's not going to answer the prayer. You've got, you, you came out here looking for love from people that were passing you by. You're getting your reward in full just from that. So when Jesus talks about, look, go into your room, keep it private. He's talking about there's a, there's a private aspect that has to happen like for, for, for prayer to be, to have any integrity, you've got to know your dad. You've got to know that, that you're talking to your father. You've got to know that you can't do this on your own and you're calling out to him because this is precarious, life is. So, so, so reach out to him in private. And there's, there's an element, the Bible's always talking about warfare, like Christian warfare, yeah? We'd, we'd, our fight is not against people, it's not against flesh and blood. It's, a, it's in the spiritual realm. Yeah? And, and, and so we're, we're told, put on your helmet of salvation, put on your breastplate of righteousness, your belt of truth, you, you take out the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, your shield of faith, have your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. Um, and, and then pray at all times, like, so maybe put some knee pads on as well. He doesn't say knee pads, but like pray at all times in all situations. This is, this is what the armor of God is, is told for us to be. I think I've taken that a little bit too far to heart, right? I, maybe I've, I've taken this in terms of I can pray at all times. Okay, so I can pray on my commute. I can pray when I'm walking down the corridor at work. I can pray um, when I'm preparing food. I can even pray in the loo. Right? Like, it's like I can pray at all times. Brilliant. I'm not restricted by. Se- but actually, there's something of Jesus' example which I'm just starting to grasp here. Jesus would often get up to go to pray, he would go to a desolate place where there's, where there's no distraction, 
to pray. Like, we talk about desolate places being, oh, is that a bit dodgy? No. Like, there's just no distraction there, yeah? There's no, just get me away from the fashion. Get me away from the, the phones. Get me away from family strife. And, um, or get me away from work. I just, need to, I just need to be with my dad. I just need to open my heart to him, tell him what's going on. I just need to hear from you, Lord. I'm open to being changed by you, and you know, this is what I'm asking for. There's, there, there's something about what Jesus did in going to pray that I think I, I've probably gone, I can pray at all times, and so there's, there's less of an intention of I'm going here to do this. Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone else feel, feels like that. But um, So what's helpful for me is that when there are times to go and pray like a prayer meeting, I'm like, actually, this is helpful for me. Actually, I'm going to go, and my intention is to go and pray. Okay. Um, sorry, I started telling you about warfare. <laughs> In warfare, we, we see that, that Paul's probably talking here about the prayers of many like it's the infantry. Yeah, like, okay, you've got well-trained people who go to their father, they, they're praying every day, they're, pray, they're praying at all times, but now, prayers of many, this is the infantry coming in. We're taking ground now, yeah? We're capturing this city now, yeah? He, he talks about another, another kind of prayer. Uh, if you just had faith like, like this big, basically, if you know your dad, if you know the cause that you're fighting for, if you, if you prayed in his name, you would get this, this mountain that, you, this praying, that you're praying against would fall into the sea. You've got to be well-trained. There's the private aspect to it. And then, and then he also talks about another kind of prayer. He says, this is what Jesus says. He says, oh, this, kind of, this kind of thing, perhaps where there's more of a spiritual dimension to it. I'm, I'm not just praying for my daily needs. I'm not praying for my, just my daily bread. But Lord, I've, there's something blocking here. He goes, this kind of thing's only going to come out with prayer and fasting. Actually, like, join prayer with fasting together, and you've got, you know, you haven't just got, like, a well-trained soldier or the infantry. You're dropping bombs on this now. Yeah? So, so the, the, there's kind of different degrees of weaponry, of armory that, that go on in prayer. Paul here is talking about the prayers of many. And in the, in, in the prayers of many... Let's understand this. When, when God is calling his people to revival, he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and, for, and um, forgive their sin and heal their land. This is in 2 Chronicles. He's calling his people to, to new life, to revival. What it doesn't say is... Listen, if Ray will humble himself and pray, and if Elliot will pray, no, it says, if my people. Okay, so there's a difference here between your individual prayer life and the corporate aspect of this. That if my people turn and pray, oh, what have I got in store for you? I say corporate not meaning like it's a business, but just meaning this is the body. Yeah, this, this is where we get the word corporate from. So if my people who are called by my name will turn and pray, okay, 
So, so what does that look like? Yeah, we prayed together this morning. We were led in prayer this morning. What does it look like when we, when we come together and pray in a, um, in a prayer meeting, for example? Let's, let's just be honest for a moment and say, I know it's not everyone's favorite thing to do, to come to pray together. I know that there are many of you. I know that Jubilee is full of people who pray. I get that. Are we a praying people? I'm not sure about that. Have, have, we, have we as a people said, right, we are going to pray about this? I think, I think that's less evident in our life as a church. And so... Let me be very clear here. If you have, a, if you if you pray, if you are fervent in, in your prayer, you, we might even call you a prayer warrior. Okay, keep going. This is amazing. What you're doing is amazing. I've been the beneficiary of many prayer warriors. Okay, this is this is fantastic. But let me tell you, prayer warriors is something we've extrapolated. It's something we've kind of understood about the the concept of spiritual warfare and gone. Well, that person is a, is a prayer warrior. But actually, when we read about ministries, when we read about spiritual gifts, prayer isn't one of them. When Jesus talks about prayer, he says, when all of you pray, he's talking to the masses, everyone. When all of you pray, pray like this. Pray like this. This, is, this isn't a special thing. Now, look, if you, if you go at it in prayer, you'll know this already. Okay? Um, what I'm speaking to is, is people that go, well, for those of us who say, oh, that's our prayer warrior, I'm so pleased they're here. Actually, like, they haven't been given a special gift. They're just more seasoned in praying than you are. That's, that, that's what, they have not been given a special gift. They're just more seasoned. And so, that, so there is no reason why you cannot be in that position too. Because prayer is talking to your father. When, you pray, when all of you pray, this is how you do it. What does it start with? Our Father. The first words of, of Jesus' prayer in, in the English language is our. All of us, <laughs> first, is coming to you. You're our Father. This is, this is corporate. This is from us. There's something powerful about the prayers of many. I know that... that that we might feel like, ah, okay, I don't really like getting into prayer meetings for, for whatever reason. I don't like praying in front of other people. Listen, if you come along to a prayer meeting, like Jesus, you are coming to pray. First of all, you're making time in your diary with intention, like Jesus did, to come to pray, to seek your Father. Secondly, if you come to a prayer meeting... And you say, oh, I don't like praying in front of people. If you say amen, if you, if you hear a prayer that someone's prayed and go, yeah, I say amen to that, then, you, then you're praying. Okay? Then you are praying. Right? So you don't have to utter the full words yourself. You're praying just by saying amen. It's basically, like one of the words for prayers is like petition. You're basically taking what, what this person has said and you're going, 
Yeah, I'll sign my name to that and send it up to heaven. Thing is, that if you say amen, and you say amen, and you say amen, and you say amen, and you say amen, then my prayer's just got like 38 men's. Yeah? All of a sudden, this is the prayers of many. All of a sudden, there's persistence in what's going on. There's like a bombardment. There's like, like Jesus talked about the, the widow who wanted justice and was like up in the middle of the night going, uh, you're the judge, I want justice. You're the judge, I want justice. He kept knocking on the door. This was a parable. It wasn't true. He was saying the kingdom of God is like this. He says, look, Judge is just going to get up to shut the, shut the person up at the front door so he can go back to bed. We come to the person who never sleeps or slumbers, who never will let our foot slip. He is a good father who knows how to give good gifts to his children. When you come ask him for something, he's not going to give you what you don't need. He's not going to give you a scorpion when you've asked for an egg. That's what, that's what he says. There is something wonderful about the, the agreement of people, the agreement of believers. You, I, I think when we talk about prayer meetings, we go, at the kind of the numbers thing, we don't often talk about the prayers of many. What we often talk about is when two or three are gathered together in my name. Yeah? And we, and we sort of treat it like it's, a, I don't know, like some kind of um, like gift aid accounting thing. Like, how many people were at the prayer meeting this week? Three. Oh, brilliant. Don't forget Jesus was there because two or three, that means there was a fourth person. We've just increased it by 30, 33% people. Like, like that, that isn't what he's, what he's talking about here. Jesus is talking about, in Matthew 18, he talks about, look, where, where two or three are gathered together in my name and agree. Amen means to agree. Okay. There I am also. He's talking about it in the context of, look, if there's a dispute between believers, which there will be, I want you to sort it out like this. Sort it out well, because ultimately there has to be agreement in the body of Christ. This is corporate prayer. We need to be together as one body. He's talking about, he goes on to talk about, in Matthew 18, about if, look, if you need to forgive someone, go and forgive them. Don't hold on to it. Just Forgive them, release them. Because there has to be an agreement in the body of Christ. And so when we pray together, we are saying amen to what you prayed and sending it up with just as much fervence as you did. This is very special. Very special. When I would, I would say that I mean, the other things that happen in a prayer meeting right, are that you go, oh, well, they, you know, I was ready to pray for this and they took my prayer. Yeah? <laughs> like, I, I, rem I remember being, uh, I was a new Christian and it was like really early days of PowerPoint. Okay? PowerPoint was up and there were, there were points you could pray for, for this like um, evangelism, like it was called Christianity Explored that was happening. And, and we were praying for it and I sort of worked out that, that, I was fourth in the line, and I worked out, okay, we're going clockwise, and it looks like everyone's taking their turn. Fourth on the list is, is uh, the catering. I better pray for, I'll, I'll get them on my prayer for catering. I'm not really listening to what they're praying. I'm just getting a little, uh, what can I say about catering? What can I pray? 
Uh, Jesus, you're the bread of life. I've heard the bread of life thing. Okay, and, and um, so I'm, I'm kind of ready with, with something that I think is going to get a bit of an amen. And then the person next to me prays for catering. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? Why should I pray? Listen, if that was a Sunday morning, okay, if we were here on a Sunday morning and we had someone come up, we've had it this morning already, like it, we, had, we had talk about refreshing, about the refreshing of the Holy Spirit, and we heard it from multiple people. Yeah? And, and so just because Paul brought something like that and Sarah brought something like that and I brought something like that, like we're going, oh, maybe God really wants us to hear about something to do with the ref- his refreshing of his people and, and looking after us on the journey and opening our hearts to him. That's really important. We need to pay attention to it. Put that in a prayer meeting context. We go, oh, no, everything's got to be unique and original. I can't copy anything that anybody else has said. No, like the Holy Spirit in me is probably agreeing with the Holy Spirit in you and pray, like, maybe we really just need to pray for the catering, right? Amen. Like, we, need, we really need to get on this because, hey, it might go really wrong if we don't pray. This is precarious. So let's, so look, if, if someone's prayed for the thing you were going to pray for, pray it again. Just pray again. It's fine. If, it's fine if you don't even have the bread of life thing. That's totally cool. Just go, Lord, I pray for the catering. That's fine as well. It really doesn't matter. In fact, Jesus says, look, don't worry about using long phrases. Don't babble. Just, just get to the point. Leave more time for other people to pray. Get on board. Say amen. Listen. Paul says this. You must help us by prayer. This church ain't going to be built without you helping us by prayer. If, you, if, if, if we don't pray together, it's like something's not going to be released. Please, you've got to help us by prayer. But we believe in it, Lord. Would you build your church? I'm so grateful for the times where I have been prayed for by many. And the Lord's changed things in my life dramatically. Not time to go into all of it now, but just, you know, that even, I can even think of times on a Zoom prayer. Everyone hates prayers, prayer on Zoom meetings now, right? I can even think of prayer on, um, on a Zoom meeting in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, just in depths of terrible thoughts and just everything was going wrong in my mind. I just got... I just said to my, to my life group, please, would you pray for this? And the next day was a good day. And the day after that was a good day. And the day after that was a good day. And the Lord just took these terrible thoughts out of my head because of the prayers of many. He's such a good father who knows how to give good gifts to his children. Church, we are going to wrap up here. We love you. We're praying for you. And listen, if, if there's anything that you want prayer for this morning, there'll be people who you can pray with. Come, come and see me. A few of us will pray for you if there's anything you want prayer for. But tonight, uh, this morning, we're wrapping up here. So please stick with us for tea and coffee.
please stick with us for refreshments out there. But if there's anything that you want prayer for, there will be a number of us who are willing to pray and just get on board and knock on the Lord's door on your behalf. Amen. Let's, have, let, let's, let's go uh, in, in faith this morning and, um, and lift, keep lifting our prayers to him as one body. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.